You can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle. We don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning. Download the app. Give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, welcome to Renegade Rules. This is Jeff Johnson. On the phone with me is Heather Shoemaker. How you doing, Heather? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Just got back from a road trip, hung out with uh, with Lisa Murphy, Dan Hodgins, and some early learning people on a pontoon in Florida doing a, a, a day. I mean, we were out there four hours doing a training session. Um, life is pretty awesome when you get to do stuff like that. Um, and and we came zipping back. One thing I, I had a problem with, though, Heather, when we were at the, we were at the beach, Tosh and I rent the same place for years, and... She always turns the nightlight on in the bathroom. Now, it's this little loft place that we rent, and it's a 15-foot walk from the bed to the bathroom, and the brightness of the nightlight annoys me, but she needs it on for whatever reason. Let's talk about nightlights, shall we? Let's talk about nightlights. And and see where that goes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm guessing, yeah, Tasha probably got used to having a nightlight when she was pretty little. Probably. Who knows? Yeah. But gr- adults use them all the time, too. You know, I um, somebody asked me recently, is it okay that my preschooler still has a nightlight? And this is the sort of question that people come up with, um, you know, about <clears throat> pacifiers, about blankies, about nightlights, about ped- anything that seems too juvenile uh-huh. or too... Um, Scaredy cat. I think we're really worried about that. We're afraid of children's fears. <laughs> you know, our fear <laughs> is about their fe- they shouldn't have them. That fear is not a good emotion to have. That it's a weak emotion. That we need to build them up and have them be these strong kids. And strength comes in different ways. Yeah, strength comes from having your needs met so that you are refreshed and able to go out in the world. And for some, for a lot of kids, that means having a safe place to sleep. Um, You know, we just moved. We have a new house now. And the last two weeks um, since we've moved, my my youngest child has been sleeping poorly because it's a new room. Yeah. And we we went in for our annual physicals, and the doctor said, you know, it's amazing. When a child or anybody, they call it vacation sleep, where you're on vacation and you don't (laughs) sleep that well because you're in a new environment. Yeah. so the irony of getting all rested and refreshed is that you're not. But <laughs> he was just saying how amazing our brains are, that they can tell how aware they are when we're asleep, that they're in a new spot, that, that there's still a pretty high level of activity going on when we're asleep and with, that we are aware and children are aware of new places. Now, some are more than others. So my oldest one never had a problem. You could have him sleep on the moon and he'd be fine. <laughs> But some kids really are aware of their night surroundings, and they need that, they need whatever help we can give them to feel comfortable. Because the main point is to have good night's sleep, everybody involved, and that could be having a nightlight. Yeah, uh, th- those nightlights become. We, in a previous episode, we talked about talked about blankies and teddy bears and all those kind of things. Um, I mean, 
the nightlight is is for some kids and some adults of a, a version of that. That's this little bit of of security in this in this uh, time and place that I'm not necessarily feeling secure. So it's just, I mean. I think we've built up a lot of heat, a lot of friction, a lot of energy over some of these things that really we don't we don't need to, huh? Yeah, and if sometimes night lights, there's bright ones and then there's smaller ones. So um, you can experiment with what kind of night light. Maybe they just need a, a little bug that has some light but isn't a shining thing, or maybe they need a brighter one. Um, there's also night lights themselves can cause fear <laughs> because they can cast shadows. Uh-huh. And shadows can be scarier to kids than darkness, actually. So check in with your kid and, and see if the, the, the light that you have or the place where you've plugged it in is actually creating shadows. Some kids won't speak up about it. They just go to bed in terror every <laughs> night. <laughs> you know, that the shadow that it casts looks like a giant bear or looks like a whatever it is. So... Um, Lie down in your kid's bed spot and look up and see what it looks like or talk to them about it, and I'm sure they will tell you an earful of exactly what they see at night and what they're scared about. But I think the real thing is it's legitimate to be scared and to let the kids know it's okay to be afraid. You will keep them safe. But um, nighttime can be a pretty scary time, and if a nightlight will help, keep having them until you're at least Tasha's age or older. <laughs> Even if it annoys your spouse, apparently. Um, no, I, I, and I'm cool with the nightlight. I just turn my head the other way and, and, and go to sleep, and, and, and it's all good. I remember growing up when I was a kid, I, I, I wanted and had a nightlight, but I don't think it was for security reasons I, I mean, to make me feel safe. I think it was just I wanted this thing that required electricity that I could turn on and off and screw with and and it was my thing so I don't I didn't have I didn't have that nightlight thing but I did have this this I, I hadn't thought about this in years this had this maple tree outside my my window and the a street light nearby would cast these weird shadows related to this one branch on this maple tree in my in my room and i remember being probably four five six seven and and terrified of of this especially a windy night when there was a storm blowing through or something so yeah just Mm -hmm. just those ideas i mean fear itself is it's there's so many things to be scared of and and we've talked about this a little bit about talk when we talked about uh, in a past episode about about things we see in the news but when you're when you're a young human being the whole world is so new and bright and shiny to you and and when you don't understand it there's a lot of it that's scary and and i think we we get so busy in our adult world we don't slow down to to be maybe mindful of those fears whether it's at night right. or during the day and, and nightmares and things like that are things that kids are scared about when they're falling asleep. And I think the key is not to belittle any of their fears, even if they're silly. For example, one of my kids this week had a nightmare about bubble gum. And, you know, bubble gum is not that scary. <laughs> not, not to most but, of us most of the time. But the terror is real. It doesn't matter what the topic is. The, the, the emotion of fear is what's real, and so you can't belittle the feeling of being scared, even if um, you know, the topic is bubblegum, or in my nephew's case, um, a giant bagel that was... <laughs> you never know what they're going to be scared of. Don't worry about the topic if it's giant bagels or bubblegum, um, because the fear itself is real, and their feeling is real. So, so address the, the, the emotion, and <laughs> not the giant bagel. And so what mindfully what are the what are the 
what are, are we have any steps we could suggest to listeners for, for addressing those fears, whether it's, it's gum, a scary branch, or a bagel? <laughs> well, it depends how awake the child is, because uh-huh. there are different levels of awakeness. So if the child's awake, you can, you can tell them, you know, um, I, that I'm going to take care of you, that you're fine, that you're safe, this is a safe place to be, and I'll check on you, or different things. Um, but, you know, there's people differentiate nightmares and night terrors. Uh-huh. The main difference is that one the child pretty much wakes up out of, and the other one they don't wake up but they seem to be awake. They're sitting there, the night terrors, they, they might sit up, they might um, talk, but they're not, they're still asleep. So you can't reason with somebody who's asleep, and you can't really reason with a nightmare. Um, but sometimes physical touch can help, you know, rub their back. There's some sort of sensation can get through to their brains, even if your words can't. Um, so you can say you'll keep them safe. You can't say it's not there, because in their mind it is. Yeah. I mean, you can say it, but it might not help the situation. Um, and sometimes taking the dream away can help. I mean, my husband even does this to me. If I'm having a nightmare about something, he will, um, and I'm, I sleep talk all the time, he might help the conversation and say, okay, you know, I found it, whatever I was looking for. And I say, oh, and I go back to sleep. So you can do that technique with a kid. You can say, okay, I, I put it outside. You know, it's not here anymore. Um, if they're in that talking, listening, believing stage. But that doesn't always work depending on uh, on their type of dream. <laughs> I ate the giant bagel. It's okay. Go back to sleep. It's okay, yeah. <laughs> well, you can try anything, but I think the thing is not to um, tell them that uh, they shouldn't be scared of it. And um, uh, do, uh, different kids, different things work. You know, you can snuggle with them. You can put on a light in the hall for a while. You can stay in their room for a bit, but I wouldn't leave a, alone a child who's in the midst of absolute terror um, because it is very, very um, primally terrifying uh-huh. to them. So, so suck, they, it up, but, suck it up, buttercup, go back to sleep. Um, <laughs> as you, that's probably not the best. That wouldn't be the tactic. That I would be the, would be the top of the list. No, um, and, and I, I get it. I, I probably heard that when I was a kid, and and uh, it, it's it's tough. And I mean, and and we do want our kids to grow up and be able to work through their fears and and move beyond them, and ignoring them and belittling them when they're little isn't isn't the way we get adults who are who are capable and competent in, in addressing and, and managing their fears. Yeah. And, and fear is, is different at different ages, so um, especially night fears. I think they're... You can also say things like, if the child says it's dark, you can say it's supposed to be dark at night. That's what helps us sleep. I mean, you can give them information, let them know that dark itself is not something that that's going to hurt them. But... You don't have to um, say, "Oh, you shouldn't be scared of the dark. You're a big girl now." Uh-huh. That sort of thing doesn't doesn't help the help them get over it. it. Just makes them put it underground and realize that fear is a feeling they shouldn't have. I I, I got two questions related to this. I want to get your thoughts on Heather. One is why why do we need this? What's the deal with the sleep? I just saw uh, just read an article before before I called you. Uh, Seattle school districts are I think it's maybe it's Portland. Um, uh, it's one of those 
places. Uh, they're, they're starting, uh, high schools are starting like an hour later uh, starting the school year because of the research into the importance of sleep. Um, so what's, what's going on in sleep that it's so important that we want them to have their nightlight and get to sleep and, and, and wake up well-rested to face the world? Yeah, well, I think sleep is beginning to get the uh, value and, uh, and honor and respect that it that it's due. We're just beginning as a culture to realize, oh my gosh, sleep is one of the most important things ever. Um, you know, we would, if we have the means, we would never deprive our children of three meals a day. But with um, sleep, we're always keeping them up late or dragging them out of bed early or skipping naps, and and this is as bad as not feeding them dinner. It's it's. Um, very hurtful to the developing brain and, and to any age brain if we're trying to stay up late to get work done. Um, yes, yeah, so schools that can do it for teenagers and shift it later because the brain brain patterns of sleep are different as teenagers and they need a later start. But these kids, they need a lot more sleep than we ever thought. And don't get me on to the homework topic, but <laughs> people who pile on the homework, if they would just have the kids go to bed two hours earlier, the, um, the grades would go up, the learning would go up, the memory and focus and behavior would improve. Sleep is the key. Yeah, yeah, and so if we need to turn on the nightlight to make the sleep happen, turn on turn on the nightlight. The other, the other thing I wanted to get your take on, Heather, um, what about that kid who is not scared of the dark and may not be scared of anything um, because they, they can have problems at, at night too. I, um, my, my daughter was like, this. She, 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 maybe she still believes this, that she had glow-in-the-dark eyes and, and could see in the dark. And so she'd be up in the middle of the night um, fussing around and, and, and playing and creating imaginary universes, I only assume. And, and now her, her, her daughter is doing grand Grandbaby is, 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 is kind of uh, uh, the same way. What, any special tactics for dealing with those kids who... Um, are you talking about a night owl? Kid I'm talking about night kids? owls that are that are you know you you want them to you know it's time to go to bed and and you don't want them you when you go to sleep you don't want them wandering the house and uh, you know doing science experiments in the in the kitchen in the middle of the night. How do you handle the kid that doesn't sleep? <laughs> wow, you sound like you had your hands full. I think it's important to have a kid stay in the bed. I mean, for safety reasons, if, if they're not asleep, you can't force somebody to sleep. You can only create the conditions where sleep will come. Um, but it's important for both nap time and night time that they don't leave the premises, <laughs> that they don't, you know, get out of the bed. Um, sleepwalkers, uh, my parents had to install extra high locks so my brother wouldn't walk out of the house at night. Um, but, you know, hopefully they're not sleepwalking, as you're just describing, they're just awake. Um, be very firm and practice it over and over. They need to stay, you know, if they can't fall, if they're not asleep, it's okay to stay on the bed and, and read a book or do something with their toys, but they can't leave the mattress. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, do everything you can um, to enforce that. You, some people who have wandering children do put shields over the cribs. <laughs> you know, they put things to help prevent the kid from being an escape artist. With an older kid, that shouldn't be necessary, but you can use your body to gently um, sit on the kid. <laughs> if they would ins insist on getting up and just, this is where you need to be. Not in a punitive way, and it's not a punishment, it's just, 
I'm helping you. Your body isn't staying where it needs to be, and this is where you need to be at night. Yeah, maybe when, when you have to put uh, barbed wire um, over over the crib to keep them from crawling out. That's <laughs> barbed wire, goodness. Oh no, maybe, maybe that might that might be a little bit much. That might be an extreme. Um, yeah, so that 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 whole that whole night thing. There's a lot going on. Whether whether it's the kid that needs the nightlight to to sleep or the kid that wants to wander, um, and and anything that we can do to to make it a little bit easier for for them to get what they need and and kind of avoid generating so much so much friction over these things. I think we we turn a lot of this stuff into battles instead of just saying, well, this is the way this kid is and and this is how we need to need to proceed. Yeah, the last thing I'd say about night lights is they can also be used as morning lights. Um, I found this useful in, in my family um, is when they're young and uh, you know the, the parent has a right um, at a certain point once they're beyond infancy stage to not be at the beck and call of a young child when they wake up at say 5 a.m. <laughs> because a lot of young kids get up super early uh-huh. and you can't stop them waking up but you can teach them not to come bug you not to come get you not to put you on duty until a certain reasonable hour. So we did this with a nightlight that was on a timer, and we called it the morning light. And when the morning light came on, it was just a dim light that would come on in the corner of the room. Uh-huh. We'd set the timer off in for, say, quarter of seven or whatever time, six thirty, seven, sometime. When the morning light came on, they could come get us or they could call for us or something. But otherwise, they were supposed to stay put. They didn't have to be asleep, but they weren't supposed uh-huh. to be rambunctious. Oh, that's brilliant. And, and it, it works great, especially um, we had a small um, house where everybody was sleeping on top of each other and there was no way to, you know, you could hear everything. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm sitting there writing books in the early morning before the kids wake up. If they wake up too early, I was ruined. Oh. <laughs> so we, we would create this morning light and they can learn very young. I think I started um, one of my kids um, between age one and two that wait till the morning light comes on. When the morning light comes on, it's morning. Um, and this helped, especially for people who live in um, northern climates, which we live in northern Michigan. So in the wintertime, it's dark for hours <laughs> before they go to bed. And it's dark for hours after they wake up. So they're actually confused. Uh-huh. They don't know if it's midnight or whether it's morning because it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> And so the morning light is a signal to say, yes, you've made it through the night. It is now morning. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that idea. Where, where was that when, when, uh, when daughter was, was tormenting us at, at, at first light? Um, and also, if, if you want to sleep in, you, you just set the timer for like noon. And, uh, you got the uh, whole yeah, that doesn't no, work that's, so well. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Always try to push the envelope a little bit. Um, Heather, it's been a good conversation about night lights and uh, assorted things. We'll be back in a week with another episode thanks for listening and 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 we mean that it it i I watch the numbers for for downloads and it puts a smile on my face when i when i see how many of you are are tuning in and checking out the show so um thanks for your time and thanks for listening bye-bye bye thanks for listening we'll be back next week with another episode Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. 
hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. And if you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.